Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. My name is Christine Heath, and I'm coming to you from beautiful Hawaii, and I'm here today with my beautiful, lovely friend and actually uh Sister in wisdom, I call it, because we, we <laughs> I like that. love to, to connect and see what kind of wisdom can come through us. And she is? I'm Judy Sedgman, and I'm in <laughs> Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so welcome, everybody. You know, um, one of the things that's happening in the world right now is the, the war, uh, the invasion of Ukraine. And... Um, it brought to mind a little bit about um, in talking to people about the power that the principles bring to get through times that are tough and to not walk out with lots of scarring afterwards. And, and that brought one of the things that that brought to mind for us was that the principles that the, Helping people by helping understand the principles of mind, thought, and consciousness help people to get through any situation. And as a result of that, there's a preventative element to the work that we do. That when people really learn this for themselves and they see it, life still happens, but the way you go through it is different. The way you handle it is different. Like this is a kind of a small kind of problem, but I was driving my car down um, the highway on Oahu and they have these big tunnels that you have to go through to get from the town side to the windward side. And I was in the middle of the tunnel and something told me to look in my rear view mirror. And I look and there's a car out of control coming right for me. And oh all I remember thinking was, okay, get as relaxed as you can. This lady's going to hit you and see if you can keep your car from getting too smashed in. So it's coming at me, and this is all happening in a few seconds, right? Boom, 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 boom. My car goes up on the side of the wall. Her car flips over and then flips back again. I come down. We pull over on the side. And um, my car really wasn't hurt at all. So I said, are you okay? Should I call the police or anything? No, no, I'm okay. Okay. So I, you know, I exchanged information and then I left and went back to the office and started seeing clients. <laughs> and um, I was talking to somebody later and I was telling them about the car accident. And they said, well, what did you do after that? I said, <laughs> I went to the office and started seeing clients. And she goes, oh, my God, how did you do that? I would have been so upset. I would have been so up. I said, oh, well, it was over with already. Why would I be upset about it anymore? It was already over with. And I didn't really, like, think, okay, now stop thinking about this. It's just that it was like, okay, I lived through it. Nothing happened. I'm, I'm all good. My car is in a good place. I'm not hurt. Good to go. And 
that's kind of what happens. Like the way we think about things is what we kind of carry through time, right? So I totally forgot about it. It was nothing to me until the person asked me about it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that is different, isn't it? You know, like in the past, people would do that. Another car accident I had, I was sitting at a red light and I look at my rearview mirror again. That rearview mirror's got a, an issue, I guess. But, and I see this big truck barreling down on me, right? And I'm stopped and, the, and there's traffic in front of me. I can't move anywhere. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get hit again. Relax. And then the car bangs into me. My car goes in the car in front of me. I'm like, okay. I'm not dead. Okay, I'm not hurt. Okay, pull the car over. I drive the car off so I can get it off the off the road. And I get out and I check on her and I go, uh, what happened? She goes, oh, I just got up really early this morning and I was daydreaming. I wasn't paying attention. And I was like, okay, good. So again, my husband comes down now and he's like, what happened? Was she on her phone? You know, it's like, calm down. It's all right. I'm fine. So I have to, this time my car has got to be towed away, right? So then I go home, call uh, the car rental, because I had to be up in uh, St. Cloud for, to do a talk. Get a car rental, tell them I'm coming on, I'll be late, but I'll be there. Get and drive up to St. Cloud and do the training and come back. And my sister, I was talking to my sister, I said, oh, you wouldn't believe what happened to me this morning. And she goes, well, well, what did you do then for the rest of the day? I said, oh, I went and got a rental car and went up and did my talk. She goes, you did what? I wouldn't have been able to get in my car after that. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, it was okay. I already went through it. You know, what happened happened. It was all over. I said, free sailing for the rest of the day, right? And uh, But that's kind of the deal is that we somehow were so focused on um, the drama of trauma. Mm-hmm. that we get caught up thinking about it, talking about it, and thinking about what could have happened or what should have happened or what almost happened. And we literally scare ourselves with our own thinking about that. So, you know, it's like that's one of the things that makes this work different from traditional psychology. There's no other uh, way of looking at helping people that has a built-in preventative kind of experience that if you know how thought creates your experience, you can stop it as you're on your way to having, creating a, a memory that's traumatic. Wait, that doesn't mean that, you know, some things that you go through aren't going to hang in your mind and bother you, but it's, it, it, it's the best that you can do given the possibilities. Yeah. I think that's, that's an important thing to be aware of. And I've, thought so often when we've watched newscasts about like major fires and people's whole neighborhoods are burned and hurricanes where people are wiped out and you know and now warfare which is even more horrifying because it's brutal as well as uh you know people's lives being changed forever but it's so interesting to watch the reactions of people when you see them on television after the after the event and somebody will walk up and they'll say, oh, my God, everything's gone. We've lost all our pictures. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have my china, my silver. I don't have my, you know, my kids' toys and my clothes are gone and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people are, are so upset. And then next door, there'll be somebody that says, well, you know, I'm here. My wife's fine. We found our dog. 
and now we're just going to start over. <laughs> and they went through the same exact experience. And it's horrifying and terrible, and they both lost their home. But on the one in the one case, the person's mind goes immediately to what's gone and what will never be recovered and and the loss and how their life is different and they, they just can't face it. And the other person is already thinking, okay, in the present moment, I have my wife, my dog, and, uh, you know, we're, we're here. We, we, can, we can start again. We'll get a fresh start. And what's the point thinking about everything we lost? It's gone. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I see that, uh, I see that same strength often in the things that I've seen on, again, on the news. And so obviously the people that are willing to talk to people on the news are not usually the, the people that are very upset, but, uh, it's been astonishing to me looking at news coverage of what's going on in war right now, the number of people that have experienced the complete and sudden you know, blowing up of their entire life, you know, their apartments blown up and their half their people they know are missing or that can't be found or they don't know where they went and they, their car is disabled and they and there's, you know, a lot of injured people or dead people. And, and, you know, they managed to pull themselves together and do what they can do to help other people and take it from there. And it's horrible and sad, and and they're acknowledging the loss, and 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 they're angry and they're upset, but they also have this really powerful resilience that says, you know, keep your bearings because you're still here and people need your help. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty much what what I've seen over and over again is people saying, well, I can still walk and talk, and I I'm going to try to help my neighbors. Mm-hmm. And um, that's. That's the strength that's natural to us. That, and really what I would call it, and I've always, always thought of it this way, is the, the natural resilience that we have is our, our means of survival. I mean, and you think about the, the resilience and well-being that's our default setting that's built into us. Why would it be there? Because, because that's what's allowed the human race to survive. Mm-hmm. People don't give up. They don't give up on themselves. They don't give up on the possibility of starting over. They don't give up on the hope for the future, the fact that things might change, uh, that they don't turn around and say, well, everything's ruined, so I might as well kill myself. And, uh, and, I, and I believe that that strength is natural to us until we override it with our intellectual, you know, figuring out oh my god how could this happen to me i didn't deserve this why is the why are these people this way why did this happen why did the storm come here it could have gone you know five miles the other side and they just would have hit the woods and uh you know when you get into that kind of thinking that's just your intellect trying to uh sort out and get you all worked up about the reality it's dealing with mm-hmm. and and most of us are really are designed to be present and to do the, the thing that makes sense to us in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, if it didn't kill you and you're still here, then there's something good for you to do. You know? <laughs> and and that's, uh, that almost seems harsh, but I don't think it is harsh. I think that that's, our, that's the inclination people have. A lot of times we get kind of get sucked into the negativity of the whole situation just from you know, communicating with other people that are all worked up, but mm-hmm. on their own, 
you think about the number of survival stories of people that have taken these treks through the wilderness or people that have gone like across the ocean on a sailboat and, you know, by themselves, people don't do that to themselves. They, they, they just stay in the moment and do the thing they need to do, stay in the moment and do the, the thing they need to do. And the thing you need to do, if you can keep yourself present and, and keep your mind from getting wound up, will occur to you. The thing, will, the thing to do next will come from your wisdom and just rise in the moment. And we can count on that. Yeah, in fact, you know, at one level, it's kind of like the best we have. So it's, it's not like it, you know, comes in and tells you ahead of time, okay, this is going to happen to that. But the more present you are, and the more you're able to know what to do to get through whatever's coming, whatever you see coming in the moment, like when those things happened to me, I knew I just needed to get as relaxed as I could because if I tensed up, I'm more likely to get whiplash and all, all kinds of other issues from it. But it's, it's really um, trusting the power of being present. You know, it's the presence of the life force as it comes through us mm -hmm. that guides us and directs us and also helps us to survive as best we can. Now, obviously that doesn't, you know, when people aren't listening to it or, you know, things happen. I mean, car, you get car accidents, you break your hand, you know, things happen <laughs> in life. And I just broke my hand this way. Um, but it, it's the thinking that we do about it that determines the long-term effects of it. It is what I call the pits of life. You know, crap happens. Living with somebody who's beating you is a very is very difficult. But if you can learn how to listen to your wisdom, you can see how to start to protect yourself from that. But not by going over and over about how awful it is, because you're not going to get any new thoughts from that. Right. So, like the people that are in the middle of the war zone. Um, the more they think about how this is affecting them, right? The more it's going to affect them. Whereas people who kind of are just trying to survive, that's all they're talking about. I haven't got time to think about that. They'll say that, right? And, and you can see that they're just so focused on, on um, getting through things. Well, even mm -hmm. after it's done, we have to keep doing that mm -hmm. because it's how we personalize the event and we, scare ourselves by thinking we could have died and we should have died or, you know, the, the various things that people do when they're going through war. Now that's not to say that war is in hell. It is. And to me, that is, that is you're in the middle of hell being brought on by someone who's not in a very good state of mind, but your ability to get through it with the least amount of scarring. And then even if you do have like psychological effects, understanding the principles help you not to get freaked out by that because you know what's going on. So it doesn't compound itself. And then as time goes on and you're in a healthier state of mind, you, it leaves you and you're able to function in life again. You know, I had a, a similar situation and it, talking about how other people respond uh, to your accident story. So when I was living up north in Laconner, Washington, I, I had a sports car. It was kind of low slung 
sports car. It was really kind of a cool car, actually. <laughs> and I was in the right lane of a, uh, it was a two lane road, but there was a turn lane, a right turn lane. And I was in the right turn lane because I was going to turn right. And I, I heard, and then I glanced in the rearview mirror and I saw a giant truck coming right at me. And I guess the car was so low and the truck was so high that he, he didn't realize he was going to turn right too. And he just kind of was pulling over into my lane. I knew he was going to roll right over my car. It's a big 16 wheeler. So now I don't know why or how, but anyway, I realized I didn't want to be on the driver's side of that car because that's what was going to get hit. And I couldn't get out of the car fast enough. So I jumped over the gear shift and got it, pushed myself as far as, as close as I could to the passenger side door. And the truck came and rolled right over my car, but I was unhurt because I was on the safe side. And I don't have a clue how I, I didn't think about it. I just did it. You know, it just, that's what occurred to me to do. And I did it. So I get out of the car, which I could get out of the passenger side was basically unhurt. And I get out of the car and I ran up to the truck and the driver was a wreck. And he was crying. He was behind the wheel. And he was like, oh, my God, I just can't believe what I just did. And I'm so sorry. And are you all right? And I'm saying, yes, I'm fine. Are you all right? And he says, no, no, I'm not all right. And he's like, I got to call my office. I can't even remember the number. I ended up calling his office for him because he couldn't get his act together. <laughs> and, and, and so finally, when he finally calmed down a little bit, he said to me, I, don't, I can't believe you're so calm. And I said, well, look at me. I'm fine. I didn't get hurt. And he said, I, how did you not get hurt? I mean, I went right over. I like look at your, your passenger side of your car. I said, I, something told me just get on the other side of the car. And I did. And, uh, and he said, oh, he said, I just thank God that I don't know how that happened. And he was, he honest to God, he called me twice in the next couple of days because he still couldn't believe it. And, um, and I felt so sad for him because yes, it was his fault. He, he didn't see me. So in a sense, it wasn't his fault because if he'd known I was there, he would have not hit me. But, um, you know, by the same token, he just couldn't stop thinking about it. And he couldn't believe that I wasn't just a complete wreck. And then he was sure that I was, you know, that, at some point it would occur to me that I was very upset and I would, he'd lose his job and I would sue the company. And I, you know, I just, their insurance paid for my car. and It was fine. You know? <laughs> so oh, that's a story. I didn't but, even know what happened to you. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But, but the funny part about it was, is that almost everybody I knew, even some people in the principals, you know, were like, how could you possibly have known to do that? And honestly, I can't answer that. It's not, it wasn't an intellectual, I got to think this through and come up with a plan. Something said, get on the other side of the car. And I did. And I would say that was wisdom. And I just, you know, I had faith that I I better do it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that's the deal. So once you start to see how the principles work, you still go through life, right? Stuff still happens, but your experience of the thing that happens is different. Your ability to trust your wisdom is different and your ability to recover is faster because you're not continuing to think about it. Because the other thing that people do is they go through a really hard time. They're focused in the moment, they get through it 
And then they jam in their head, talking about it, thinking about it, talking to this person, talking to that person. And then you get people that are of similar kinds of uh, traumatic events and they get together and they talk about it to each other. And then, you know, they start to have reactivity to it because those start, those thoughts, those memories then come to life and they're Mm -hmm. starting to re-experience that whole thing again. Only now they're re-experiencing it from a different state of mind. So it's actually worse when those memories come up than it was when they went through it the first time. That's true. That's really one of the things I've, I I know you have too. We've done a lot of work with people with PTSD and most of the groups that they go to spend most of their time going over the things that are troubling them. And so my rule for my PTSD group is we're not going to talk about war. Uh, you know, these are all veterans. They were mostly veterans of Iraq and Afghanistan and you know, so in this group, we're going to talk about your service dogs. We're going to talk about your job. We're going to talk about your family. If you have family or children, we're going to talk about your plans for the weekend, whether you went fishing. And so one of the guys raises his hand and says, well, how is that going to help us? You know, he said, we're trying to work through our PTSD. And I said, well, here's the problem with memory. It never changes. <laughs> you, know? you can work through it a thousand times. And when you go look for it, there it is again. You know, so it's not like you work through it and it improves and then it, you know, changes and then it goes away. Your your memories are there, but your desire to spend time with them changes. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, then you're going to be stuck in them. And a memory can be 10 years ago, could be 50 years ago, could be five minutes ago. It's still a memory once it's over. And And it's really funny because they started having a really good time in my group. And they'd look forward to it. And then next thing you know, they start bringing in fruit and cookies and coffee (laughs) and making it into a party because it was at the end of the day. And, um, and, you know, they, 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 they were surprised at themselves that they started feeling normal. Like they were back in life. Right. And that's, that's the key to getting over things is to be able to be in life now, right now whatever happened just a few minutes ago or last year or 10 years ago, doesn't matter. But right now matters. But who you are right now is the person who has the wisdom to see the best you can do with what's in front of you at this moment. Now your little egos might be tuning in about this point and saying, yeah, but you don't understand. This was really bad. Anybody would be upset about this. Yeah. And, you know, I'm here to tell you that that's just our, whatever we go through in life is our experience. So if you're, if you're creating a really bad experience of something that happened to you, guess what? You can change the experience now. Yeah, it was terrible back then, but you don't have to live in the terror of it anymore. That's what makes it terrible. It's like yeah. you, you can live in the health of, uh, oh, okay. Now I understand that that happened and I got out of it, thank God, and, and then and move on. But just understanding that you're not the victim of your thoughts, you're not the victim of your memories, and that every time you think about it, you don't have to, you know, Given. suffer from it. Yeah. You know, like um, uh, one of my interns was telling me about a friend of hers that got um, raped downtown Hilo. And which is pretty small town, I tell you. 
And uh, so she, whenever she went to downtown, she would take a can of mace and she wouldn't go by herself. And she'd always have to be with somebody because she was living in the terror of that. And, and I don't know if my niece was teaching her these principles or what was going on, but somehow she started to see that, okay, that happened to me then. But if I don't focus on that and keep that alive in me now, I won't have to live in it anymore. And I kind of figure that any like really awful negative experience doesn't deserve any more attention than it already got. Right. And that when we keep it alive in our head, it gets way too much, takes up way too much space in our head and create literally contaminates our reality now over something that was not something you wanted to bring forth in time. Right. Yes. I, I used to tell a story about this woman that went through a terrible three-day ordeal of being raped and brutalized by a man who then went out and talked to young girls as, you know, as kind of a healing part of her healing. And she said, somebody said, why aren't you upset about this? Why aren't you, how can you possibly be giving these uplifting talks? And her answer was, you know, I gave him three days of my life because I had no choice about it. But as soon as he set me free, I don't have to think about it again. Yeah. That's the same thing Nelson Mandela said after yeah. 17 years in a, in the one room one room in a jail. Yeah. And he said, I don't want that to consume. That's, I've lived in that for so many years. I don't want it to consume any more of my life. It's over. Yeah. But it's hard because our ego wants to go back and process it. Like, let's think about it. Like, what about this? You know, it's like you kind of, it keeps bringing it up. Your mind keeps bringing it up like it has to be dealt with. But you just have to keep like, no, I don't need to think about that anymore. Just let it go. Let it go. So this, uh, this understanding is uh, definitely has that prevention aspect to it as well. So it not only will help you now, but it'll help you in the future to not be, not create any more trauma or be traumatized by what happens in your life. And with that, I guess we should say aloha again. Go forth and have a good week. (laughs) Yeah, take care, everybody. Have a wonderful week. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.